foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is the Move Your DNA podcast, a show where movement science meets your everyday life. I'm Katie Bowman, biomechanist, author, and the person in charge of celebrations in my family. All bodies are welcome here. Let's get moving. Hey friends, we are approaching the winter holiday season here in North America, which means it is time to start planning some celebrations. For the next few months, many of us will be gathering with friends and family sitting cozied up around a fireplace or maybe a television. And while there is nothing wrong with getting cozy, we already spend a whole lot of time sitting around inside pretty much the rest of the entire year. So the problem in a nutshell, we are about to step into a holiday season that typically has us not moving while many of us were already experiencing a movement deficit. And it's certainly been compounded by, you know, the last couple of years of the pandemic. Like we are just, we've never been inside sitting around more. So here's another statistic for you. 80% of American adults and youth are failing to meet the recommended amount of daily movement needed to stave off chronic disease, And then again, with the pandemic, adolescents spent over seven hours a day looking at a screen. So I just want to say like, ho, ho, hold on a second. And yeah, I know one of the reasons we allow ourselves to not move much during the holidays is we are going to, you know, get moving in the new year, right? That's our resolution. Researchers have actually studied this idea or notion that we have and what they have found is the physical effects of sedentary holidays are lingering indefinitely. So we do get back to movement during the new year, many of us, but it never really makes up for that period of time that we got extra sedentary. And multiple studies have now shown that 
The yearly average weight gain that even comes with us getting a year older is probably more like the effects of us having one more sedentary holiday season under our belt. So said another way, getting back on the fitness wagon in the new year can get us back to our movement baseline, our pre-holiday movement baseline, but it's not really dealing with the deficit of movement units, like we can call them minutes, that we didn't consume. So in order to balance any holiday impact after the fact, we need to do the amount of movement we were doing before and more, which is just like not something we do. So public health officials are have been very interested in anything that can help motivate people to move more and not continue this increasing trend of moving less, especially during the holidays. All of that being said, my take on things is that we're not really being well-nourished from our holiday period because the celebrations themselves have become less rich, less nutrient-dense. They are less full of the things that we need, like movement, time outside, more time with others, more connection to our personal ancestry and traditions. So again, for me, the recipe for dynamic celebrations is this simple solution that I've been using as a way to stack the holiday time. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to take any typical sedentary aspect of your holiday, your celebrations, and you are going to create a version that moves your entire body or parts of the body more. Simple? No? Okay, so let's start here. Scooting your butts outside automatically adds more movement. It's like more steps, more thermal regulation, more complexity underfoot, more carrying of the stuff to the outside. It's just using your body more. And then, of course, it is also adding a dose of outdoor time, nature time, green time, like whatever you want to call it. And then you can add a splash of what I like to call vitamin community, another life nutrient by engaging your people in holiday prep and holiday fun. You're meeting multiple needs at once just by taking all or even just a part of your celebration outside. You get it? So you can find numerous articles on my website about adding movement to your celebrations. I mean, from like how to throw a dynamic holiday meal So one tip, you can start planning your on-the-move soup course or a dessert hike now to orchestrating a hiking event for the upcoming winter school break to giving gifts that move both the giver and the receiver um, just to dealing with really cold weather, right? Just simply going outside more. I also wrote an article about dynamic celebrations last December for our national public radio column, which is called NPR Shots. The article was called move more, sit less, and celebrate outside this holiday season. And I will link to that article in the show notes. Go read it because it's fantastic if I do say so myself, you know, which I just did. In that article, I shared 11 ways that you could layer movement back into your holidays. And today I'm going to share those tips with you in audio format, just in case you miss the article, or maybe you just want to be moving around outside and listening to ideas about moving more of these holidays. So the tips from that article are these. One, you can forage for your decor. Two, you can walk to get groceries or the foodstuffs for your celebration. Three, plan a hiking advent. Four, make your own candles or or other 
decoration like that. Five, host a gingerbread hike or like a hot toddy walk for the grown-ups. Six, do some old school food prep. Seven, set up a standing soup course or a dessert walk for a holiday meal. Eight, organize a winter physical games night. Nine, stretch while you wrap. Ten, celebrate around an outdoor fire. And eleven, volunteer dynamically. Are you intrigued? Great. Let's take a deeper look at each of these, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share a little bit about each of these while out and about on foot because I like to practice what I publish. I'm showing you, or I guess I'm letting you listen to what a stack, as in a stack your life, looks like or sounds like. And in this case, I'm going to stack outside time and movement with podcast recording. So to do this, I'm going to take a task that I needed to do, which was record this podcast, which I normally do in my shed. And I'm going to switch to a handheld microphone so that I can record this for you while I am outside and on the move because, because I also need those things. So why not do the podcast outside and on the move all at the same time, increasing the nutrient density of this next little bit of time? Are you ready? Let's go. All right. So now we are, I'm, a, so now I am out on foot decided to do a further stack by inviting my husband along hello hi and our dog um so now we're even like getting more things done although i don't know is this quality time i don't know so uh most of the dynamic celebrations that we have done this list that i generated of dynamic celebrations comes from my own experiences of i would say slowly we've slowly created a community of people who all celebrate dynamically now and we all and not only do we celebrate holidays with um not only do we celebrate holidays more dynamically I feel like we just celebrate more often like everything's a celebration way more celebrations so I'm going to go through this list and we could share maybe our favorite memories just to show a couple of examples and and uh Number one was forage or decor hike. So that's like, I mean, I feel like I use this a lot when the kids were little, when we wanted to throw a party, like any centerpiece, or we always have some sort of element of a celebration that is some sort of, usually a plant that we would go out and harvest or forage. And my favorite memory of this is for our solstice party, um, finding like holly bushes, either like over the years from our neighbors, and telling them, they're like, oh, please, like, come harvest it. And then they were sort of part of the celebration because they would see our kids, you know, cutting off holly to fill this big box. And then you throw it into the fire. That's the one I was thinking of. Like, for you, what's your favorite forage or decor hike moment? You can't think past the holly. The holly was really great. The holly was great. Especially since the... Uh Neighbors who had the holly were dying to get rid of it. <laughs> like, Please, take all of it. I know. Well, another one that just popped into my head isn't not even like holiday specific. When I was pregnant, you used to always go out and forage oranges. For orange juice? Yeah, it like, always made me a glass of orange juice every morning. And I thought that that was, that's a celebration of sorts. It's a little bit different of what we're talking about. But it was definitely something... 
And then leaves, I feel like centerpieces made out of leaves and shells on a, a beach, flower bouquets, you know, like it's all season. It's not only a winter holiday thing. Yeah, there's always been decorations of rocks and leaves and shells and bones. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, maybe we don't have to belabor that one. Like it's, this one is simply going out and like stretching some of the planning, you know, all the, all the decorations don't have to be store-bought, right? Like even growing squash to decorate our winter party and corn, like that's when you really stretch the decor over months. I'm all right, walking to get groceries or walking to get the food stuffs for your celebration. Favorite memory? Uh, well, I'm afraid it's not the food stuff, but the memory of bringing home the Christmas tree. Uh, we had the rule when the children are very little that any tree that we got has to be carried by them. That's right. The, for the one mile walk home. And so it was a combination of wanting to get the biggest Christmas tree along with their own structural limitations of being tiny people carrying a big Christmas tree. Yeah, I forgot about that. But I mean, I even think the last couple of years, we just happened to live in a place that had like a really tall space and they like got a 15 foot Christmas tree. Yeah, that got out of hand. But they could carry it. They're right, like, right. this this meets this meets the requirements. That's right. Well, the one I the my I think my favorite one is still going up to that bog in the woods that our old neighbor told us about to find wild cranberries. Yes. You know, and and then like those cranberries were like gold for the for the rest of the holiday season because we froze them and then there was a few that went into into every like little dish or meal for the next few holidays. That was just, it's just spectacular. And we're getting ready to do that again tomorrow, actually. And they're unlike store-bought cranberries, they were sweet. Yeah. Well, again, nutrient dense. Yeah, and they're small. And they're small, but just much, I mean, like that's the difference between wild food and their more um, cultivated counterparts is it's never for more nutrients. It's just for more size and uniformity so that you get more water. Blah, blah. It doesn't have to be a plant lesson. Okay. That was about the coldest my feet ever were getting those cranberries. I know. We didn't, we didn't know what we were in for. Um, okay, planning a hiking event. For me, that's always going to be our winter break. Uh, our winter break, like our school break hiking advent, which we have done. I was looking back. It's like seven years now seven years of for that week that everyone's out of school before where parents are still having to work you know it's not really a holiday time yet we just created this hike every single day and a lot of times you're just taking kids without parents but it was just it's magical it makes every day a hike it just turned it into some sort of magical week where normally it would have been very boring and and sort of uh, Restless, you're restless. Yeah, I always feel like everybody is very has a very high appetite. They're starving for getting together with people on a stroll where they don't have to think about planning stuff. They just show up, go on a big stroll. A friend, the kids get to hang out with their friends. It, 
and we get to hang out with our friends. We get to hang out with our friends. There's there's just something in the something in the uh, in the recipe on that particular week that just makes everybody really stoked to be there. Look at the geese coming over. Well, and my, the thing that I like to just clarify about that is, hi, Mike, come here. Is uh, it it doesn't have to be during the day. Like that week, I, I've shown I've shared examples on my website of, you know, we will put walks that are in the daytime but also walks that are in the nighttime um walks that are longer take a you know take multiple hours walks that are really short like we're just going to meet at the bridge and see lights you know like so something really simple so it can it can be much more simple than whatever the most difficult thing is you're imagining it can really be anything look at these they're just beautiful i know they're the white geese i know they're the are those swans? I think they're swans. Wow, that's stunning. Anyway. Well, on those walks, too, uh, our, we seem to always have one walk that brings a lot of our friends who, whose kids are grown or who don't have kids or from traveling out of town. Like, there's always, um, there's always a bit of variety of who shows up at the different holiday walks. And elders. And elders. I, I mean, I definitely think people are like, can I bring my parents? It's like, right. absolutely. My parents love to walk and, and they don't get as much community celebration, right? It's like parents are, people, family's already in town, but there's not much to do outside of waiting for, you know, the main celebration. Right. So I just find, find that it ends up adding five more days of celebration. This is what I mean about deepening the celebration. It's like it's not limited to a day anymore or even two days. It just goes, I mean, I want my celebrations to drag on and on and on. Um, all right, make your own candles. And, and really this category is more for um, the idea of just taking something that is central to your celebration and making it yourself. I picked candles because so many traditions, especially around winter time involve candles so it was one that just sort of it doesn't matter what you celebrate a candle seems to fit so making candles there's many tutorials for that you can also make candles ahead of time as gifts right you could have a candle making party so if you do all the work i mean the reason we don't do so many diy projects i think is because of we would say the time and the effort, but that's really, that's like movement, right? You got to like get the supplies and figure out how to use them and set it up. So it's just make it go farther. Make it also count as a party of, of an invitation of a dinner or an afternoon and set it up and get, get your elders and get the kiddos there and let that experience be shared. Well, it's contagious too when you... When you do like when you go through the effort to do the candle making or whatever and then somebody else has an idea of either something they've always wanted to do or mm -hmm. something they used to do or that their grandma used to do and then they host a night and uh, it's totally contagious when when you start putting on those group kind of projects celebration projects that way everybody wants to everybody wants to throw down and, and host one um, all right, host a gingerbread hike or like a hot toddy hike for the adults. This, this is actually an element of our hiking advent, but for this NPR article, they wanted to pull it out because they're like, we can see a lot of people being like, yes, I want to do this. So 
I mean, I don't know. Do you want to explain the, the gingerbread hike or the hot toddy? Well, it, it involves somebody going up ahead to our destination and having all of the all of the ingredients, decoration stuffs for some pre-made gingerbread candies or, or uh, cookies and uh, and getting it all spread out so by the time everyone comes in after the one or two or three mile hike or however long it was then there's just a big magical spread of things in a big bonfire and usually some kind of a delicious holiday drink and, and meal like I would think of like right. the, we go from a soup or some food to roast so like they hike it so like from the from the kids perspective it looks like this you do this hike someplace green we're not in the wilderness you know we are alongside we are our trail side like along the freeway a lot of it very safe but it's not it doesn't have to be this magical thing it's it's magical because there's gingerbread at the end of it so they hike in usually like an hour and a half to two hours i mean obviously when the kids were younger and this huge group of kids and adults and again elders because it's like people come out of the woodwork when you start creating some of these celebrations and you know they get out and they go on this hike and they hike and hike and they're just starting to get tired and we end up at the destination which is a campground that has a fire pit where a fire is roaring because as you said from the behind the scenes some adult has sacrificed their hike and often you know this is another way for people who are um, not able to do the hike but who still want to participate they can often drive to the site and still participate in being there for all the magic and wonder and there's a fire and there's delicious lunch and then after you eat that there is picnic tables that are covered in gingerbread cookie decorating stuff and then the gingerbread cookies are already there already baked you're not making the cookies and then the kids would just decorate two big you know gingerbread people and then they would eat them as kids always want to do but they would eat them as they hiked two more miles out and it would take this was always something that was so great when you start getting closer to the holiday time and so it's idea of like have your holiday cookies but like why not work a little harder for them you know like why not deepen the experience of a gingerbread cookie to have all this other magic so that is definitely i put a picture of that in grow wild because it's super magical and it's always been magical. And then the hot tutty hike was like sort of our grown up version. So during our week of hikes, we always have the gingerbread hike. And then the other one is an evening, you know, it's a post dinner meetup. You don't need anyone in your house, right? These meetups are also very simple. You're not, host, you're not having to clean your house, which is always bonus for me. <laughs> you know, it's you're like the, the, as, as rich as they sound, the setup is really quite minimal. There's no pre and post tidying up. You're outside the whole day. And we would just make two batches of tot, like some sort of like a hot toddy and then some sort of a non-spirited drink for the kids. And you just tell everyone, show up, bundle up, bring your hot mug. We'll fill your mug with hot cider and hot toddies or we always made plum brandy or whatever you know and then we walk we have and we're gonna go walk and see some lights or we're gonna go christmas carol like whatever it is the idea is the magic is in like the nighttime gathering and then we almost always have a fire 
to warm yourself up before or after, or we always make it available to say, because we know that I feel like needing to feed your kid, needing to feed your kids, needing to feed yourselves is always like such a hurdle. Like I can't do the thing because I got to feed myself and a fire is so great. It's like, just bring something to roast really quickly. So if you want something hot, you know, and it can be meat. If you don't eat meat, it can just be bell peppers with cheese, like roast some vegetable. It doesn't matter. Just put it on a stick, heat it up, put it in your belly and then nourish yourself with this other stuff. And then uh, anything else? Do you have a favorite memory of the hot toddy? No, the, the thing I was going to mention was just, you know, the the mileage might sound like kind of daunting, but like kids move all the time, all day long when left, you know. And so it's like once they have their friends and their drinks and the magical excitement or whatever, like mileage, people are always... Our friends are always surprised how far their littles end up going for miles. I didn't know my kids walk three miles. Right. That's because it's a party. It's not right. a walk, which is boring. You That's know, right. it's a it's an on foot party. It's just never it's never a factor. There's never a kid who who is just unable to do the mileage. Uh, you know, unless it gets late and they get tired and sleep because it's past their bedtime. Well, then you're carrying it, which is just more shared movement for everybody. Right. Like we've definitely shared carrying babies and if you oh, see someone sure. who's carrying a baby and they're also carrying a backpack you know it's like hey can i grab that backpack for you you know what i mean like just spread or, the movement around or that baby or that baby i know give me that baby, me the baby. and I, and you know what things also as I, this is all beautiful i mean it sounds beautiful and it is beautiful it's beautiful to look at it's beautiful to experience but like sometimes like last year our hot toddy party did not start from our house. Um, we started it from a parking lot and sort of like the way we did our gingerbread, we just had the fire and the hot beverages halfway on the walk. So it was it was a combination. It was like a hot toddy solstice party. Right. We, we like to mix it up. But uh, half of the beverages for, I don't know, there was probably 50 people there uh, dumped in the fire. Yes, it did. And uh, it all worked out just fine. <laughs> So, so like, like things happen. This is not about perfection. This is just about trying. You know, people are so grateful to have anyone organize or, or be thoughtful around this. It, the good time has already happened. Anything else is just bonus. Um, old school food prep. Tamales. Right, right. So just yesterday was an example of a lot of things. It was another celebration, right? I feel like we have friends who are farmers here and it's the popcorn harvest time of year. Their, their corn harvest that will be for their popcorn. And they, have, they ask for help, but at the end of it, we're making tamales using the corn husks that we've discarded in the field. And the, it's not the popcorn corn, but it's another corn that they use. And then we just sort of yeah, it's like the idea of, I think with celebrations, the idea has become, no, you clean your house, you make all the food, you do all the dishes afterwards, right? It's like, it's so time consuming that we don't do as many celebrations because the workload just seems like such a hurdle. And it is when you do it that way versus create a party where it's like, no, you bring your own food and you cook it yourself and and you bring your own dishes and you cl and you t take them home and wash them up later 
and everybody wins and you celebrate much more often. So I, I definitely think we have a style of celebration. The style of celebration that you see on TV just seems to be so like, oh, I can't do it, it's too expensive, I need space, I need extra time. And like the type of celebration we're talking about is much more, looks much more traditional. The work, the work is spread out. It's not about lavishing lots of other stuff on people. It's just about the space of just gathering. And the bring your own mess kit has really uh, oh, taken hold in our totally community. It's totally taken off. Because nobody feels like washing 700 dishes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so everybody brings their own mess kit. You're responsible for your own dishes. And usually some people forget and there's some plates or whatever, but there's a big difference, you know, providing one or two families with some dishes rather than the whole party full of people. And nobody feels like they need to do disposables. Like, you're not making a bunch of trash. Right. Because it's easier to justify it when it's like, well, how else am I going to serve all these people? Right. I can't bring all this stuff outside. I don't have all these dishes. Just have people bring a mess kit. Yeah, and don't forget about the potluck. Oh, the potluck. I mean, it's just... Yeah. Like, there's... I'd say our Halloween party this year was during a time of fatigue. And, uh, you know, you just say basically what you're going to do. We're going to have... A grill with a lot of meat uh, that we provided for post-Halloween candy eating. And then, uh, you know, other than that, bring some food if you want to. And you just let people know exactly what it's going to be and how they can contribute. Well, and as far as old school food, food preps, to go back to it, like this one was really about finding one of those traditional, just like the candles or sort of like what is something central to your celebration and can you deepen your connection with the celebration by making it same goes for food what are the foods of your traditions and your cultures and can you choose to to try to make something like that yourself even if it doesn't turn out right can you make it with your children or your elders can you be a little bit more involved in that and i just love that you always make that, that you brought out Irish soda bread to make for your parents as a present who are from Ireland. And and the, to, the fruit cake. The fruit the fruit cake. Yeah, the brack. And and to have the kids make it, right? And like to me that was like to me that was deepening the connection to your family and to this period of time and and education, like it was all the things. So just finding something like that. And again, this is not about perfection. It's just about trying it and seeing what happens. Uh, standing food course or dessert walk. This was, this was actually a tip taken from the, my Movement Matters holiday meal specifically. It's like when people are driving in to come eat with you, the idea of like driving for hours and then sitting down right away to like eat. It's like, well, why don't you set up an outdoor, like a standing soup course on the porch? Just something that gives people permission to go stand outside by a fire or to stretch their legs, uh, stretch their back, but you could still start the meal. You know, just, it's an outside soup course. I think that one's pretty straight forward. And I think a lot of families do a, football game or oh we gotta walk you know we gotta go take a walk before we do a dessert and okay 
organize a winter game night. It's getting colder, lights shrinking, time time of day that's lit is shrinking, so we came up with like soup and sports. You got a best memory there? Uh <laughs> well, I have a memory of the of the night getting uh getting closer. We we were doing it at what five o'clock or whatever. And I just remember the night getting closer and closer. And uh meaning every week it was getting darker earlier. Our game of frisbee was getting uh harder, to, harder see. to see. <laughs> um but uh I just think of all of that as just kind of with some fondness of, of just being out there and it's so cold, but you got the soup, you know, eventually we'd go out there for 45 minutes rather than two hours. Um, but we did it. But we did it. And it's just, I don't know, there's just kind of a determination in, in getting together and um, it's sort of like not letting the not letting the the weather or the cold or the dark or the season or you know kind of get the best of you in, in a sense like you're you're still getting together with your friends with your gloves and your hats and your hot soup it gets harder and harder to keep hot um i don't know i just like the i like the whole thing i like i like person versus nature Stretching while you wrap, that one's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, this is an easy way of, if if you uh, have gift-giving tradition, um, to, to just, like, spread yourself out on the floor and and get your legs out there straight and long, sit on a pillow or two if you need to, and this idea of just taking care of your back while you're preparing the gifts. I mean, I, I think gift-giving has become such this stressful thing. Like, I have to give gifts, and... And, and, and like, we've just lost the connection to like, no, this is something that we wanted to do. And just, again, making it a little bit more nourishing for yourself. Your body is involved in giving a gift. And, and then even, you know, walking to deliver gifts, you know, if it's plates of food or whatever it is, like on foot. Like just adding a little bit more movement to your gift-giving sessions. And the kids have often, whether through school or independently, um, designed their own uh, gift wrapping paper, yeah. um, which I've always enjoyed. And fabric. Using that, yeah. And fabric, like yeah. they do, like they're just a little bit more creative. I mean, even yes, even making your own gift paper is kind of fun. You know, like as we're trying to consume less and 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 reuse more, like painting newspaper. You know, saving newspaper and then painting it and sponge pressing it to add a little bit of holiday color. Just, again, it's a task to do, but it's, it's just using your body more. Celebrate around an outdoor fire. Oh my gosh, I could just go on and on about this one. In the article, like we have access to lots of places for safe fires here and lots of wood. And I know not everyone has that same situation. So in that article, one of the things that we talked about was that you could that you can um, get approved fire, if, if fire safety is a concern where you are or permissions for fire where you live, uh, outdoor fire places, they're not ex as expensive as they sound. They're more like portable fire pits that you can build a fire in so it sits above ground. And then the other one is to use your campgrounds. 
we use our campgrounds for a lot of entertaining. Uh, you know, they're approved for fire pits in your cities and it's a great way. I mean, we've done salt making there. We have had our solstice party there, especially because you can usually, there's usually trails around there. So you can always have some sort of hike. And in the article, I talked about like throwing a New Year's Eve party outside. And when I had mentioned that, people were chiming in to say, when I had mentioned it on probably social media, people were noting that uh, they would go to like in really snowy, icy places, which is not where we live. I mean, we're on the Pacific Northwest and it's certainly cold and below freezing, but not like not like my friends who live in Minnesota would say it was freezing. They're like, oh no, someone threw like these, they had fire pits and like ice was just like, you'd chip for the ice for your drinks, you'd chip it off like the roof or whatever. And, and that was just like the thing. And it was the best celebration ever. And we brought in our, uh, I think we may have just been simply celebrating. It's been too cold for too long. Oh, when gosh. we had our fire out in the snow, we usually don't have snow for long periods of time here but we did this winter this particular winter that i was talking about and and we got out the maple syrup candy as they did in the little house in the prairie um and uh, again it was kind of a person versus nature it was like we are going to stand around this fire as everything around the fire turns to mud and we are going to celebrate each other's company well that was a very like that was the winter where the school shut down for right for like a couple oh, weeks, weeks and weeks. yeah and like the stores weren't open because again our town was not prepared for snow so we're like all right snow party it is right. yeah i mean just just to to know that fire makes it warm outside movement makes it warm outside so figure out if there's a way to add fire which to me is such a natural element um that humans are used to being around and like and learn fire safety and learn how to make a fire and how to put it out when you're done i mean these are skills that everyone including your children need to be aware of well and <clears throat> my my only um thing that i've learned in parenting is children love novelty so you know if if it's weird that it's been snowing for so long that's enough for them to entertain themselves. That's a party. Uh, that's a party. Whatever, it's like whatever is unique about what's happening right now is all the kids need to make it entertaining for themselves. They come up with things. All right, and finally, volunteer dynamically. I mean, I think that people tend to think more about donating and, vol uh, and volunteering and, you know, the abundance that they have around the holiday time. And so people do more volunteering and just to to look at your volunteer time to see like how could I add more movement nature and community to volunteering and where we live is really cool like they they were having people bicycle around neighborhoods to pick up uh, canned goods and other goods for food goods for our food bank you know like look for opportunities um, a lot of food banks and churches that you know host soup kitchens are looking for people who can be physical to stack and move things out of people like lift things out of people's car and and so you can put your body to use in that way if you're interested in volunteering during this time by looking for those physical 
opportunities um, that arise during this period of time. So it's just a way to, again, you know, donating is always uh, appreciated, but sometimes it takes more than money to, to get certain organizations to be able to distribute what they're able to do with that money. So look for those movement opportunities. Anyway. And just before we wrap up, one more thing I wanted to add is like I am aware that when you're talking when you're talking about doing things outside, doing things with more movement, doing things with other people, the idea is always like there's no way, you know, people are going to be as interested in this like in our high tech societies and times and like kids aren't interested in doing this kind of stuff and teenagers certainly aren't interested in doing this stuff maybe I'm not even interested in doing this stuff but it doesn't all have to look like low tech and so the one dynamic celebration that I wanted to talk a little bit about especially when it comes time like around let's just say like end of the year celebration a new year celebration is one thing that our community has done which I would say is a high tech it's, it's using technology as a means to get more movement, nature, and outside time is our community crowdsourced um, silent dance party headsets. And so these, and this, they, we were doing this with, during the pandemic when, you know, people wanted to get together, but outside was where, you know, how do you, get, how do you get together and celebrate? Like all the teens, like they didn't have any dances, they didn't have anything else to do. So a silent dance party headsets are, there's like a broadcasting device where you load up all the music and then everyone has these headsets on which have three channels and then you throw a dance party just in a park or a field or in this case some of the farms around here would sponsor them and you it doesn't make any noise pollution for the community because everyone's music is on their own head there are three different channels to listen to it just became this magical dance thing that our community does, including the teenagers, including the preteens, where you could be outside and we did it in the dead of winter, right? And again, because of the fire, fire. you'd have a fire and the dancing makes you really, really warm. And these are things that you could also rent. You don't have to buy them. Um, you can rent them and, you know, everyone can pay, a, get a ticket. And it was just like, that was to me, I was like, look at this. Like, this is a five hour outside, all weather. Heidi Mai, leave it. Heidi Mai. Leave it. Heidi Mai, leave it. Leave it. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna run it down. It, it just, it was a way of taking a high tech tool and making a fun, four, five hour outside party with lots of movement and lots of celebration. It doesn't look like a traditional old fashioned thing to do. It no. looks like a really newfangled modern thing to do, a high tech thing to do. So it's just, it's not all old fashioned, I guess is my right, point. Right. Yeah, no, it was very new, newfangled and that it really brought in the teenagers in our community yeah. a lot. And, and to see, to see teenagers dancing with right. older with elders and younger kids and to really make dancing seem to be this like thing that was okay to do not just with other teens like at a school or like at a dance it was just like we're just out here we're just doing this together 
And um, same thing with karaoke, like, right? Like the idea of like these, um, we have a couple of karaoke machines and the idea that you can take them outside in the winter again with the fire and just have this, it's a, it's a higher tech thing. They're mostly just speakers with a microphone and then you're using your internet to stream lyrics. But it, it just, it just, it, it's piqued the kids' interest, I would say. And they, and they are equally interested in cookies in the forest. But it's just to, to expand the idea behind, like, not everything has to feel like hunter-gatherer celebrations. Right. Like, that's not only what we're talking about. We're talking about a way forward, not a way back. And so just, just to keep in mind that, like, there might be a solution like that outside that um, still gets you, again, outdoor time, movement time, community time with your celebration. No, all, all good ideas are welcome. We, yeah. ne we never heard of the silent dance party until we did. And it was like widely adopted right. by, you know, a hundred people or more in our community. Like it's, it's been, it's been really great. Anyway, I'm going to go keep my dog from killing this chicken. <laughs> Now, after me sharing all of these stories, experiences, ideas, if you're still feeling a little bit lost, good news. This is a three-step process to make it as simple as possible. One, you are going to take something you were doing for your celebrations and move it outside. Anything that was inside, just move it outside. Two, Take something you were already doing for your celebration and do it traveling on foot, on wheels, or do it more by hand for more movement. Three, invite other people to do a portion of celebration with you, one that is outside and or on the move. All right. That's really the three principles that I'm talking about here. You can apply them to whatever your celebrations look like. You don't have to use my examples. I'm just trying to give you lots of different, it's just like math. You take math class, you learn the principles, and you work through all the examples to hope make the principle more clear. I'm hoping by sharing all of these examples, the principles, the steps that you need to do this in your own life emerge so that you can solve your particular movement math problems using the formula, if you will. And I know dynamic celebrations take more work, but that's kind of the point, isn't it? You were wondering how to get more movement, more nature time, more time with friends, more time with family, more time to celebrate. You cannot achieve this from your ergonomic desk chair. And this is another bit of research that's important. Adults spend twice as much time in nature when they have friends or family who make a concerted effort to get outside. This might have to be you and your role in your community. Be the catalyst. Be part of the movement movement by making some small changes to your celebrations and inviting others to join. And I also want to say that you do not have to lose the coziness of the holidays. You're just making your traditions more dynamic and taking your cozy on the move. And I know you think I'm the Grinch here to steal your comfort. The Grinch who stole comfy. I am the Scrooge of sedentary, and well, maybe I am, but in the end, those stories had happy endings, and moving more and going outside and gathering outside in community to celebrate is another way to spread 
cheer and connection with the ones that you love. So maybe I'm not taking something away. Maybe I'm adding to your celebrations and you just don't know it yet. Try it and let me know. And P.S. Stay tuned for my annual exercise advent. That's an exercise to do every day, December 1st through December 24th. This is the ninth year No one is more shocked about that than me. I cannot believe I have been doing an exercise advent for nine years. This is the ninth year I'm going to create this bit of celebration for you, right? This is another example of me taking a bit of my work that I do and say, today we're going to do learning about movement and alignment and natural movement on the move. You just show up by following on my social media channel, just Come in every day um, between December 1st and 24th, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, or you can just come to my website. I will post an exercise there every day. Just search Advent um, if you're on the website. And that is, again, my movement gift to you. It's us getting a little dose of moving together, although not as good as you moving together with people actually in real time. But we do the best we can, don't we? Happy celebrations, y'all. Hi, my name is Anna Gianpetro from Portland, Oregon. This has been Move Your DNA with Katie Bowman, a podcast about movement. Hopefully you find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it's not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such. Our theme music was performed by Dan McCormick. This podcast is produced by Brock Armstrong and the transcripts are done by Annette Yen. Find out more about Katie, her books, and her movement programs at nutritiousmovement.com. Thanks, Katie, and the whole Nutritious Movement team for everything you do. 